Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome back to Just Another Football Podcast. Back again, I'm back hosting again. And I'm joined as ever. Well, I say as ever. It's actually been a bit disrupted the last few weeks. But yeah. I'm joined by Ali, Ferg and George. How are you all doing, gents? I hope I filled those big boots hosting um, last mean, week. You're doing excellent. Thank you. Very pleased with your work. And I'm sure that, well, I can't speak on behalf of the listeners, but they're bloody fools <laughs> if they weren't. To be honest, so, <laughs> That's yeah, harsh. That's harsh. Uh, and I hope your, your voice is back as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, I... I uh, I feel fit to sort of resume duties now. Lovely. Um, Love to hear it. A little laugh last weekend, but uh, I'm back. My voice is back and we're uh, we're good to go. Fergus and George. I remember my twenty first. You remember your twenty first. <laughs> I don't actually. Uh, I think <laughs> 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 All right. Anyway, uh, as I said, it's good to be back. And uh, yeah, we'll dive straight into the action and uh, sort of the headline game of the weekend and as often is sort of the headline game of the season. It's sort of gearing up to be that way. Maybe the Chelsea lads will uh, disagree with me there. But the two best teams in the country currently, um, well, the Chelsea's top of the league, I suppose. But but they are the best two teams in the country. Uh, uh, Yeah, I I wouldn't disagree with that. From my unbiased perspective, I think it's the highest quality game a lot of the time, apart from that dire nil-nil there was that one season but mm. generally it's a really good game and uh, obviously I love to see a Desmond um, yes I'll come to you first Ali what were your sort of main takeaways from the game just sort of from an overall perspective before we get oh, fa- into it a bit more specifically uh, well it, it's uh, it's two point starts but thank god it's a Desmond we'd like a Desmond in here uh, I'll, all the listeners will know mm. I honestly didn't watch the first half um, I was like it, uh, yeah. at work, so I'll I I know uh, Fergal and, and George kind of watched the first half. I'll be interested to see what their thoughts on that are because I watched the first half highlights. It seemed like all Manchester City they had a few yeah. real opportunities to score. I actually have a lot of concerns defensively at the moment. Like we talked about that kind of last week uh, when mm-hmm. we drew three three to Brentford. Um, but yeah, what? How did the first half go? Like I'd be interested to, do, do to you know see. What I was going to say that. So, so you sort of said you felt it was two points dropped, obviously because Liverpool went in front twice. I think yeah. if you'd watched the first half and experienced it, like it's one thing watching it back, kind of knowing what's happened, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know they, you know they miss all the chances, so you're not kind of going through the emotions of them putting you under wave after wave of attack, which they sort of did to Chelsea to maybe a lesser extent last week. They didn't create loads, but just territorially, mm-hmm. like Chelsea just could not get out of their own half and. For a sort of 10, 15 minute spell before half time uh, today, it sort of felt like that to me. And to say it's two two point dropped, it is. But I think a lot of Liverpool fans, having watched that first half, would would have signed for a draw, whether it be nil nil, one all, two all, three mm-hmm. or whatever. I think they'd have taken a draw after watching the first half. But what did you guys make of it, Fergal and George? Yeah, I um, it was really interesting to see how how Pep actually. Uh, you sort of compared it to the Chelsea game, and it definitely turned out to be like that uh, in the second half of the first half. But initially, um, City sort of stood off Liverpool a lot. They sort of sort of felt them out. It was more like a boxing match, like first round. They they weren't throwing any 
sort of major punches. They they were really defensive. They they actually were sitting in quite a low block. And I thought that was really interesting tactic against against Liverpool because we we know how they 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 have struggled in the past, uh, breaking down quite quite low blocks. So so City sort of felt them out a little bit, um, uh, and it was clearly intentional as well. Henderson didn't have the best game in midfield. Um, Curtis Jones ran quite hard. I was quite impressed actually with with Curtis Jones. I thought he was better than than I first predicted. But yeah, I, I mean, mm. uh, for me, it's 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 one point gain for Liverpool for sure. Uh, especially considering that first half, it could have been two three by by the break. If Foden if Foden had been a little bit more clinical in front of goal, uh, and De Bruyne especially, I thought De Bruyne this whole game, um, and I I, I think. You know, we might touch on sort of Salah versus De Bruyne and how it's been. It's sort of them and Kane, like who's the best player in the Premier League? Yeah, since pretty much twenty seventeen, yeah. right? But but De Bruyne was off pace, and, and I know he scored, but he was terrible in the first half. I, in fact, the, the the worst player on the pitch for most of the game. He should not have scored that goal. It, it Matip um, like. Tried to throw his body on the ball, and I know it's unlucky, but he really shouldn't have gone for that. It was it was central. It wasn't a strong hit. Well, we spoke. Also had this. it covered. We spoke about this last week with Curtis Jones's shot, and I said, when you defend deep, you you are so you you're in so much danger of just getting a nick off you, and it 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 just changes everything. Like a slight a slight deflection of the ball, even if it doesn't like it, take it to the other side of the goal. Even a slight sort of lifting it up, or, or, or it completely throws goalkeepers, especially if you're so close to them. Um, so, so it's not it's not poor defending because he couldn't really avoid being that deep, considering like the phase of play. But yeah, it, 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 it's quite yeah, it's a, it's a little bit unfortunate. But um, it was Brian definitely had, um... one of the best games I've seen this season. Just uh, to, to sum up. Yeah, just to touch on De Bruyne, he had seventy-two percent pass accuracy. Oh, that's low. Um, that's really low. That is low. Yeah. Same um, as Jordan Henderson. Yeah, Jordan that's low. <laughs> yeah, Jordan Henderson. Yeah, Henderson, go on. Ali, I want to sort of come to you on it because I don't, obviously don't watch all the Liverpool games, but I've, I've watched a few this season and I was he, he scored a good goal against AC Milan. But yes. I didn't think he played particularly well in that game. Mm-hmm. And then last week, I think it was noticeable that he wasn't particularly good at tracking runners into the box, which obviously caused Liverpool a lot of problems from those crosses to the back post yeah are you worried by his performances and do you think he's being asked to do a job isn't necessarily what he's best at i know it's sort of it 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 might sound wrong because he's you know what he's known for is kind of covering ground and being able to match people physically but sort of as he moves into the maybe sort of latter years of his career certainly at liverpool yeah are you sort of perhaps concerned at what he's being asked to do and how that might sort of be impacting on his performances that's such a good question. So in 1718 and eight, and for a large portion of 1819, the year we won the Champions League, he was playing in a six. Now 1718, he had this uh, foot problem, like the the outside of his foot had uh, had problems, and in games it was like noticeable that he couldn't run. There was a goal that Chelsea scored actually Anfield. Um, I think it was William that scored a like a cross turn shot. But oh yeah, yeah. He couldn't yeah. run. He was so much. He was struggling so much that game, and he just had to play because that was the only option. But in seventeen, in eighteen, nineteen, the season after that, it was noticeable how 
how much struggle it was for him there before Fabinho came in and made the place his own. And then Henderson was dropped for a while, and then he came on against Southampton. Southampton, yeah. Came on against Southampton. That was kind of the turning point as an eight. That's his best role. He, I think Henderson is so much better at pressing high than certainly dropping and tracking runners. He certainly is. So I just wanted to. I just want to see him playing there again with that role, high press. He, I, the thing is, you can uh, you can have sorry just to complete that. No, of course, of course. You can have Jordan Henderson as the highest presser in, in the midfield. If Curtis Jones is going to start, he can uh, he could be on the cover on the left side, and then Fabinho can help with the press a little, but be like more of an anchor. But you can you can certainly have a shape where Henderson is pressing and helping the front three with the press. He's because he is incredibly energetic. But he's not the best off, like in terms of positional awareness defensively. That is that is true, I think. And I think we have a good four season, five season sample size to be able to say that. Yeah, I, I, I sort of, I, I suppose, the, kind of the reason I bring it up is because I look at what he's being asked to do, and obviously the, the sort of big contentious point of the summer was when Alder moves on, do you replace him? Because what he brought in terms of tracking runners and sort of recovering possession when the opposition would clear it, I think was kind of invaluable to the way you played. Yeah. And I sort of look at your midfielders now, and it's not to say they're bad players, like they all sort of bring different qualities, right? But I look at Curtis Jones, I look at Henderson, uh, obviously Thiago's injured at the moment, uh, you've got Cater, you've got the Ox. I wouldn't say any of those guys are particularly brilliant at tracking runners, if that makes sense, certainly not to the level that perhaps Wijnaldum was doing it for you. So do you think it's sort of a case of, because you don't have uh, necessarily the players to do it, Henderson's kind of like the best, worst option, if you like? Um, Well, it's one of the reasons why I thought for a long time, still think we need a midfielder. It was for a reason. Uh, yeah. And that's the reason, because our midfield quality dropped when Wijnaldum left, in my opinion, and yeah. we didn't replace him. So, yeah. yes. <laughs> no, it's worth saying as well, like he's he's not been particularly good since he went to PSG, so it's sort of less about re-signing him and perhaps more about signing someone that brought what he brought perhaps during his kind of prime years for Liverpool. But... Needed Camavinga. Like Camavinga right. was there, needed him. I, I, I didn't want a name drop, but you've thrown him in there, yeah. There you go. Um, just sort of on the rest of the performance, I suppose the the other thing that stands out for Liverpool is Mohamed Salah. Um, obviously a player that you uh, feel pretty strongly about, Ali. And we're, and we're sort of moving into territory now where he, he's right up there in terms of the best players in the world at the moment, isn't he? Best player in the world conversations are difficult because I find it to categorize and say, like, this player is objectively the best player in the world. There's, it's I don't think it's a correct sentence that makes a lot of sense linguistically like no it's difficult to it's difficult to say but positions and you know so i suppose different leagues and stuff but exactly but it's completely fair to say that he is in the most informed player in the world since the mm. season started he is ridiculous being an egyptian liverpool fan right now is a dream man <laughs> it's it's Ooh. such a privilege it's like i don't think you can quite grasp how surreal it is to have a player of that quality from Egypt, playing for Liverpool at the highest, highest level. We have never had that before. And it's it's just an honor to be able to watch him every single week performing at that level. Those two goals Liverpool scored, we should not have been able to score those two goals. Especially uh, the second goal. The second so, goal yeah, is that, impossible. Yeah. 
it's angle, just impossible. Sure. It's a joke. Like he scores with his right foot from an angle that, like he normally cuts on his left and goes for goal from that from that sort of range, that sort of angle. He just places it bottom corner. That. Sometimes how when as well. how he gets there as well, getting around three, and how he put it in the far that far into the corner. There's no keep goalkeeper in the world getting that. His statistics in game are actually not outstanding like he has 16 of 19 accurate passing that's uh, at 84 percent 47 touches so he's he's not involved much but when he's involved he looks incredibly hungry Mm. and i love that man i I just it's a dream reminded me of um the one hazard scored against liverpool except Salah actually had less space than Hazard one. Yeah, I think it was, yeah. it was an FA Cup game. Yeah, it was a Carabao. Um, it's, 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 yeah, yeah sim- similar amazing run, so it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Salah, Salah, definitely the best player in the Premier League at the moment. Um, and it's it's sort of gone like under the radar. Um, like he's not getting the, as much credit, but like a game like this will give him the credit. But I think it's just because people like. It's Sally. He's gonna score twenty goals, but it's ridiculous the rate. It's it's absolutely mad. Yeah, it's and mental. he's um, he, he's so so good. Another um shout out though is just Bernardo Silva. Uh, he's coming him. back into yeah. into form. He's brilliant. He was up um, for sale this summer. What the hell? I find that baffling. I honestly, I I find it absolutely baffling that he was even considered touchable because. What I I kind of get it because I think I thought he went off the bo- off the boiler and I just like. It seemed to just happen gradually that it wasn't like, oh, he'll come back. But he's that that must have. Um, he's, he's just a brute. It, it must it must have put a lit a fire in his belly, knowing yeah. that like that he was he, up, he was up for sale. For me, um, I wish Chelsea had went for him. But he's he's one of those players that I I absolutely love. I love um, I, though he plays for a rival team. I think he when on when he's on form, he's unbelievable, and I love how. Not only is he this skillful player, but he loves the challenge. He gets stuck in, and he yeah. do all the running that you need him to do. Um, yeah, and when he's when he when he's on top, he's he's fantastic. That amazing run he done as well, just brilliant. Yeah, he's 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 my my most favorite player to watch in the in the Premier League. Like really? hands down, when he's interesting. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, mainly because I like like I, I don't know. Uh, I just I just think the the mix of uh, skills balls for work rate right? and then low sense center of gravity is just it's just it's beautiful to watch the way he sort of glides across the pitch as well I I, I don't know there's something about it the way he moves yeah, just, yeah it's, I, I it's, just like the fact that he's clearly like a flair player right but he does such a job for the team yeah. as well like yeah he, he's one of the true. best pressers I've seen in the league and I honestly didn't expect that from him when when he come from Monaco I thought he's a good player like very good dribbler really safe in possession, sort of eye for a pass, eye for a goal, whatever. I did not think he'd turn into sort of what he has in terms of his off-the-ball work. It's uh... There was a game against Liverpool. I can't remember which one it was, but it was City won it, and he was, he he was like a man possessed. I remember he that. Was, him and, yeah. He yeah, was, he was running about non-stop, and like I think, I think he he done like a, 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 like a defender celebration, like he hit a ball out, out of play. Yeah, uh, and and then I remember him like celebrating. It was like God, he yeah. <laughs> he's really getting into it. passion. Uh, I have three more comments on the game before we move this on. Yeah, go for it. James Milner should have been sent more. off. Yes, yeah, yeah. definitely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Let's uh, let's yeah, yeah. just okay. jot that down. Um, Diego Jota, he needs to calm down. 
I think Jota is excellent. Low center of gravity, uh, really high determination, uh, wants to do everything. But I think he needs to calm down because his decision-making is suffering from his kind of... I think he's a bit rash with with and without the ball, like uh, go get to tackles as well. And you, you, you know, who, you know who Liverpool should hire to do that. Uh, My, uh, Mike Dean. Mike Dean, of course. He, yeah. he, he was he was great yeah. at telling Pe- uh, Pep to calm down. That, that, <laughs> that was a beautiful moment. Uh, they should hire him just to tell Jota to, to calm down. Respira. And Firmino, when he came on, added a lot to uh, Liverpool defensively and fought a fair few balls back. I'm concerned. There's a reason he is not starting. He is way off form. Mm. That's it. Yeah, he, he's not looked at it for a while, actually. Um, but well, know, we Josh said not... it before. They, they need to change up the front three in in one way, and Jota, Jota has kind of done that. But they well, could Jota's do it just one, one other player. He's one of them. Yeah. yeah. Whether whether he steps in up front or I mean, it sounds silly because he's got a goal to, but whether. You know, when it comes to the end of Mane cycle, I, th- I think Salah they need to get him extended. It, it, like, oh yeah, Salah's right now, obvious thing in the world. Like in our little Discord we're at, like when he scored that second goal, I'm like, stop the games, get him to sign this contract, and then start the game back. Like he should yeah. sign the contract yesterday. He should sign know, it like it, as soon as possible. It, the, the thing, the thing with Liverpool is like, you also you look at that bench and you go, compared to City where they could bring on Sterling to run in behind because that's clearly the, what the game plan was quite long balls to, to Foden thank you for bringing that up by the way Foden was was brilliant yeah uh, and he really he had he had James Milner and his you know he, he was causing all toast, kinds yeah. of problems yeah yeah and, and to be fair James Milner made some really really great um tactical fouls but that should have meant that he, he should have been off Definitely. Um, but yeah I mean you look at Liverpool's bench, and you are a little bit. You've got to be concerned, but somehow this 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 team just doesn't stop. Like it just it, like the first eleven is is obviously I think probably the best in the league, but it it, it needs to stay fit. Otherwise, it's just gonna. It, I, I, I don't know. I, I do I do worry. Yep, I do too. I do too. The only other thing I want to bring up from this game is sort of a quick passing comment before we move on. Uh, two man of the matches. I I. I, I it, Words fail me on this. I've got to be honest with you. It's the thing I felt strongly about yeah. from the weekend. Uh, what a joke! Where does it end? When, when you does it know, go? <laughs> it, like, like it starts here, but I feel it's a it's a thin end of a wedge. This, like, it, what are we all gonna get? Give a, it's good. It's gonna end up being a participation award. Or you, mm. you, you get a man of the match. You get a man of the match. You know, you everyone just, gets just a man of one. match. It's 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 really not it's that big of a deal. Mohamed Salah uh, yeah, is just the man of the match. What's so hard about no, this? No, it's not. It's it's not. Oh, come on, man. It's just it. Can't get a goal on an assist. Draw. And the yeah. goal was... as good as that. I'm not I don't care. Man I don't care. Thank you, Fergus. Shush up. Consistency-wise. Nope. Shush. Maybe the girl now. Maybe GNF gets a pass. No, he definitely doesn't. What a stupid... Honestly, what a joke. Just pick someone. Yeah. Even if it's full footed, pick someone. It's one. They made it. They made a whole thing on the commentary. Oh, are we allowed to that? Or health and safety going to allow? Just, just, just pick one. Yeah, totally agree. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up. That's oh, your man. job. It, it warranted <laughs> <laughs> being brought up. Let's be honest with you. Um, All right, moving on. Yeah, let's move on. Um, I sort of want to get into a bit of United. Um, sort of on the topic of potentially like title challenges because. 
At the nah. start of the season. Well, 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 we'll get on to it, Ali. You're very keen. Just just, just hold your horses. Aside. Yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> you'll get your chance. Yeah. At the start of the season, I felt like the whole thing was built up as, oh, well, there's four teams that can definitely challenge for this league because there's four top quality starting 11 slash squads, which, which I think on the balance of things there are, maybe come to it in a minute with Man United. Uh, yeah. But what you're seeing, I think, is systems and coaching trumps talent. And what you're looking at at the moment with Man United, they've got a lot of talent in their squad. You look at the way they could rotate their lineup uh, on Saturday, and, and you know whether they should or shouldn't have done that is sort of a separate point. But the fact that they could do that and still field uh, the team that they did speaks to an embarrassment of riches. And yet, if you go through their performances this season, I've counted they've had ten games in all competition. How many convincing? Uh, systemic performances can you honestly recall because I can't think of any all the games being won in moments that there aren't any convincing all-round performances very Al midweek for example yeah it was a terrible performance like yeah. they should have been 4-0 down by the time they got back to 1-0 right yeah. so I just look at them and you know there are sort of debates on how good a job Solskjaer's done etc etc I think he's done fairly decently as someone that's a skeptic of him even I would say that but I just look at it and I think he's probably taken them as far as he can because I just cannot yeah. see them challenging for major honours while he's still there. I, I think he's a good manager. Like, and I, I, I think he's done a good job. He's just not going to win them a Premier League. He's not going to take them to that next level because he, he hasn't got the tactics. But he, he should be given the credit for, for stabilising United and bringing back a bit of order to it. Yeah. yeah. Like, that, that that was lost. And, like... um. And and they're 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 in the comfortably in the top four. The thing about the like the four teams going for it, uh, and why top four is so like sealed off in my opinion, is like there's four teams that their goal at the start of the season will be to aim it like or will be to go for the title. Like like there's no way that United team now aren't going we should be challenging for the title especially like Ronaldo's not going to go no, there the and not spent, the money spent and the and the profile of players brought in you talk about Ronaldo <laughs> talk about Ronaldo yeah they're, they're like the final pieces if you like and I know they're short in central midfield that's a separate debate but the, the sort of signings they're making they're not project signings like maybe you look at Arsenal spend 150 million but they're people to do a project with United it's very much these are guys we're signing and we want to win now the profile of those signings demands success and as you said i just can't see him challenging for it at all klopp and guardiola would have that 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 team challenging and they would be making players out they'd be improving play, the likes of mctominay and fred up to yeah standard that they would be good enough i think that's but absolutely true guardiola wanted fred so we clearly saw something in him mm. um, do you know what the the consistent snubbing of uh of um danny van Bid- Van der Beek is so interesting as well. I'd love an in- inside scoop of that. I, I just don't understand it. Like, Fred is he's such he's a liability. liability. Like, he's, he's genuinely a liability. Yeah, <laughs> he gets tipped uh, over over Donny Van, Van der Beek, who's clearly like distraught that he's not being picked. So it's not like he's not working hard and he doesn't care anymore. He, uh, there's like a couple of videos where he's like really clearly cheesed off that he's not been you know he chucked his chewing gum didn't he yeah yeah and then Solskjaer came out with that uh like the oh um he was just throwing his gum away because he didn't want to swallow it come on man that's like he's done um... just say like we've got like i'm like i see uh, donnie in in training 
he, he's not good enough yet. I, like, I would respect uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer way more. And I think, to be honest, Donny van der Beek would probably respect him way more if he turned around and said, I don't think you're better than Fred. Like, obviously it's delusional, but at least <laughs> it's like backing yourself, not like tiptoeing around. And we've always said, like, Ollie's like a great man manager. For me, he's like a great assistant manager. Like he'd be good. He'd be good at like you know keeping you know oh, I'm on the lads, yeah, I'm money. But in terms of tactics and and phases of play, like they rely on. And we've said this so many times on this podcast. They rely on moments, individual pieces of brilliance. So often, it's actually insane. Like there's no clear philosophy for for Man United mm. other than individual. Um, pieces of brilliance and Everton really should have won that game they, they should have won that game I, I half agree on that there is no system and no tactics to it I think there is I think Man United are quite direct um, like the goal that uh, that Martial scored his first goal since February by the way which is interesting what happened there was it was a phase of play it, it involved a lot of build up on the right hand side Space frees up for Martial. He runs into the space because all of Everton's defense were dragged one way. He finds the space. Mm-hmm. Bruno Fernandes passes it to him. It's a goal. It's a good, systematic, you know, open play build-up goal. It's it's one that uh, teams are that are good at building up play score. It feels like Manchester United though off the ball when they don't have the ball out of possession. They need a twelfth man as a CDM. It's not that they they're just vacating that space a little bit or it's because they're double pivot. It's not great at, at defending uh, or not, not a good, not too good DMs. It, it's like a little bit easy to get around. It actually feels like they need a 12th man to sit in, in front of Lindelof and Varane or Maguire and Varane, whoever the two play. It's easy to get through them. It's just easy. And for yeah. a team of that caliber, that's uh, not not great, is it? No, it's not. It's not. Um, I mean, like, if you look at it, I think that for all the good players they have, they're just not producing enough consistent performances for 90 minutes mm-hmm. to warrant even being in the discussion. And if you look at it, that game on Saturday or the game against Villa the previous week, like, they didn't deserve to take any more than what they got. You look at it, two home games, they should be winning. They only take one point. If You'd think, Christ, they must have, like battered the door down have been really unlucky no like in both games they didn't deserve more than a point from either of them and and quite frankly that's worrying if you look at their upcoming fixtures like they've had the easiest start of any team in the top half they've not played one of their other rivals every other team in the top half has played a team in the top six man united haven't done that and they're only on 14 points so it's Mm -hmm. not going to get any easier for them so here's the question then Gone. How bad does it have to get for Oli to be sacked? I think honestly, and, no, and who, who no, comes in? Points with Man City. Let's not. Like, yeah, but George, as I said, they've had a not, far. Man no, City have played. Man City played Spurs away, Chelsea away, Liverpool away, and a frankly awful Arsenal home. But that's yeah. still much much harder fixtures. Who's the best team Man United have played? Oli has a decent record against like bigger teams. Like he's but not... they're still harder matches, and with all due respect, yeah. a lot of those games are behind closed doors. He wasn't getting great results in big games with fans in the ground. So yeah. th- this big away run they've had, how many of the games were with fans in the ground? It was only like half a dozen, if that. 
they lost to Liverpool at Anfield in January, then fans were out of the ground by March, and then they went yeah. on that run. So it's a bit of a myth, in my opinion. But the, the, the sort of way I look at it with Man United, as I said, I think what it would take, to answer your question, Ali, or was it Fergal? Sorry. Yeah. I think... Similar accent. If they go out of the Champions League in the group stages, I think they'll sack him. Because that can't happen again. Look at their group. That's a good point. I think I'd, like, I'd agree. If they'd lost on Tuesday or Wednesday when they gave uh, Villarreal and they're on zero points and they end up going out the out the group, that's sackable. There, there is zero I, uh, excuse not to qualify from that group. I, I, I actually disagree. As I, I, I agree with you as in there's zero excuse. There's no way that board is sacking him after that. I was going to say, I think like, that... Yeah, go on, I, I think it would take dropping out of the top four. Oh, that's what I, exactly what I was going to say. Like, I, I, I think dropping out of the top four, I don't even think they need to challenge again. Uh, for some reason, despite the money spent, despite the team, yeah, I'm there's a feeling around like, Man United where it's like there's excuses quite a lot of the time. I don't think there is anymore, though, given what they spent. They're not on a project anymore. What What's the excuse if they drop out of the Champions League? There is no excuse. They're, in they're my opinion. terrible teams in the group, right? You villa out. They're lacking a DM. That left. would be the excuse. Young boys, <laughs> Villarreal. Who's the third team in the group? Like they're not very good, right? Whoever it is. I don't yeah, know. yeah, they got some um, But there, there is zero excuse. They're not on a project anymore, right? They, they have to be challenging. And if they're not even in the Champions League, cannot see for the life of me how they could persist with them. You might be right. They might well do. But I think the pressure from Man United fans now even would be that to, to demand that he was sacked after that. Um, third team in the I, group I, is Atalanta. Tricky, tricky. Atalanta. Well, I'm saying tricky. Man United should be beating Atalanta. Of course they should. Well, they, they should be beating young boys away. Of course they should, and that's not good enough. That's a reflection of Oli and his coaching staff and what's going on there at the moment, and it sort of backs up what we're saying. But you know, I, I don't see them going anywhere anytime soon with him. Like they might just sort of dwindle around fourth. And to be honest with you, they're more likely to drop out of the top four than they are challenged with him because. As I said, it's not getting any easier. I I I think that they'll just like they they'll be happy with with fourth. Um, I think Solskjaer will scrape through the Champions League. He, he seems to come good in, in those scenarios. Um, and but with um with top, I think I think they'll, they'll get top four and they'll be happy with that. I think for United, don't want to rush into getting any old manager like they previously have done. So I think they'd. They won't rush. It, it, I agree it, with that. It, it's all dependent. Yeah, on but that's why I think they'll just wait their time for the it, it, to come along. And I don't think Antonio Conte is that person for them. No, 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 no. Neither do I. I and and do you know what? Like it, it was sort of like with Chelsea last season. Part of the reason they sat Lampard when they did was because Tuchel was there and and had been out the PSG yeah. job for sufficiently enough time to go right. It's his time to bring him in. So you, you sort of you don't know who's going to be on, available on the manager market. Which, by the way, on a quick separate point. I think there are more top jobs than there are top managers at the moment. So it's not an easy job, right? Yeah. There's a reason Everton, with all due respect to them, they didn't want Rafa Benitez, a lot of those fans. There's a reason why in their manager hunt this this year they ended up with Rafa Benitez, who, by the way, just before we move on, is doing a good job. Mm. They, they look solid. They, they, they'll probably end up eight. I'm sorry, I'll annoy a lot of people if Everton fans are listening to this, but... They've had a good start so far, and I'll give them credit for that. But Damari Gray and Townsend, they absolutely inspired signs. I don't think anybody looked at those two guys and go, oh, they're, like, they're going to improve your first oh, team. The two of them have been brilliant. 
Yeah, they have. Yeah, really well. and yeah. then Townsend with that celebration. That was yeah, that was a fair play to him. I loved it. That is, that was yeah. top quality. That. Yeah. Fair play. Um, let's move on for, from from Man United and Solskjaer and yeah, Christ. The, the, it can be a whole entire episode on Man it, United. It really can because I just I feel strongly on it, but we'll, maybe we'll revisit it at a later point. Um, yeah. I want to talk about Leicester because I, I I've sort of mentioned on a couple of pockets. I think their poor form is going under the radar. I think they've been really poor this season in a lot of games, and yet another, you know, it's not an awful result. But it's not a great one, and it probably could have been the worse. Before, they're they? incredibly lucky. They shouldn't incredibly have been. Two, we, we were saying at half time, Fogel, they were two 0 up. They, there's no way they should have been two 0 up the way that game was going. I mean, you look at it. Uh, uh, Anderson makes an awful error to basically give Ian Acho a goal. And then they, they quickly score a second, but th- the performing... second one was a bit better and a bit it had a bit of quality to it. But it, it was a bit of a it was a bit of a scrappy goal. It was like a, a break in the middle of par. Transition. Pass forward. Pass forward. Barnes does does well. I'm constantly impressed with Barnes. I think he's really good. Uh, and then you have a clinical Vardy and uh, to put it away. But like, it's a good job they have a clinical striker. Well, uh, that, to, to put in the few chances that they're creating. That's the um, thing, right? If Vardy and Ian Apcho had been playing for Palace, this could have been an absolute thrashing, yeah, quite frankly. Like, it would have been, absolutely. Palace were very wasteful, you know, not just with the shots they took, but they got into a lot of good positions uh, in the first half especially and just didn't make the right decision at the right time. Um, I, I, I'm actually I, quite impressed with them so far, Palace, from yeah. like what little I've seen. Obviously, they battered Spurs. I thought they were very unlucky not to beat Palace on uh, Brighton even on Monday night. And, and then obviously today I thought they probably were the better team and should have won it if I'm honest the only yeah. reason uh, they they scored that goal Brighton is in it's just it was it was awful from the keeper but it's worse from Gray uh, just letting the ball kind of go from his head just head it it's uh, and I think yeah, it's I uh, just a moment of inexperience he thought the goalkeeper was there going to hand it but you he went in that position in that position, well, it's that's one thing. It was it was a poor goalkeeper from the goalkeeper, which obviously wasn't anticipated. There was a, a bunch of circumstances that fell together, but Grehi, if he knows and he's in this position, he heads it clear. I think if if you're if that's a top Premier League defender that's had a few years of experience, he would do that. Grehi didn't. That's purely that yeah. says nothing about him other than he's not experienced still, and he's he's going to learn from it course yeah that, that was that was my point player. i feel like i feel like you give this you come you come back to this um you play this game again six months down the line those those two first two goals probably don't happen because they're they're a bit more in sync with each other they, they have a number of games under their belt by then um and it was just like and they're still gelling together this this crystal palace side even in the attack things not quite uh, linking up um and um but um two in terms of Vieira, uh, not much better than than your two subs scoring soon after coming on. Schlupp basically was it his first or second touch that he scored seconds, with like yeah, it's like forty seconds, five seconds. Uh, I'm impressed though because Palace under Hodgson, you know, they got results. It wasn't pretty. They didn't press at all. They sat deep and hit teams on the break I, I much prefer watching them at least try and play the ball out of the fence and press teams much higher up the pitch yeah. I think their use of Zaha sort of how direct they are with him is is obviously very intelligent because he's their best player um, and you know obviously I, I have a connection to Vieira I want to see him do well maybe he'll get the Arsenal job one day but 
I, I, I like take all bias and kind of affinity out of it. I have genuinely been impressed with them. Even even I, against Liverpool, like, they had moments early in that game, but they. they I I could see the timelines lining up nicely. This time next season, well, or like, li- <laughs> I think Arteta last the season. That then then yeah the next season when when the like a season and a half from now, I could see it, the timeline just. I can see that perfectly. going really badly wrong though, because the narrative will be Arsenal are just hiring. Sort of it could be like Lampard all over again. again. Yeah, but what I would say as well with Crystal Palace is putting it in the context of. Um, what like four or five months ago where they had half their squad on, on pretty much uh, no contract left contract, right? out yeah. Of, yeah out of contract they, they they in looking now at their squad they're actually they're in a pretty decent position and I think they've they've signed pretty wisely um, they've got a bit of depth they've got a bit of um, uh, they could do a few a few more players a few more acquisitions they spent a lot on game um, he was really good against Leicester, actually, I thought. I think he was quite calm and composed. Um, but uh, I know, you, obviously, you mentioned uh, Zaha, um, Harry, and usually he is absolutely top quality. Today, he reminded me of when Paul Pogba's at his worst, um, where he holds, he's, he held onto the ball so long, he was lethargic. All of his shots had, like, no conviction in, and it looked like he... He wasn't having fun, and therefore he just didn't want to try. Because you know he's one of those players that, where if things don't go for him, he actually normally gets fired up, and and you know, and if he gets kicked about, he actually he actually you know responds to that really well. If he's left to just wander about and and pick up the ball sometimes, but his dribbles aren't that successful, he seems to lose his head a little bit, and he thinks. Maybe it's a, a bit of a hero complex where he thinks he's going to have to take charge and, and really drag Crystal Palace by the scruff of the neck where he's had to for the past few years. Um, but yeah, he was poor today. Um, and Edouard should have scored. I think he's a top-class striker, but he was... A, he was Lovely poor. feet, so he has at times. Yeah, but Edward. he's got to score that. He's really got to score that. And that's the difference between Jamie Vardy uh, and Edouard. Yeah, it was the wrong. It was the wrong like shot selection. He like went for power at the near post when the the far post would just need to be passed into. It was, mm. Yeah, that'll come. That'll just come um, quickly on Leicester because we sort of moved it on. Like they've had a slow start to the season. That yeah. they've started poorly in Europe. Are there they reasons to be concerned? Has to be said. What's that? Sorry. They're miss- missing uh, the two starting centre backs and Indeedy. Yeah. Um, I think like that brings a lot of balance to the team, and it means that they can be more attacking. And they've got this four four two, and it just it's just not working. It doesn't seem to fit. I thought like Chaudhry was on the pitch, like like, like Chaudhry's just not up, up to Leicester standard. He was halfway out the door to Newcastle. Yeah. Summer, so, and um, and like Tielemans, Tielemans for me, he doesn't. Although he is box to box, I don't think he's like defensively good enough to be a, a, a in a two. Um, I think he's like he's perfect in a three where where, where you have Ndidi who's just out and out defensive, um, and, and so the ba- the balance is off. And then yeah, well, yeah. it's so it's funny you mentioned. So usually when they play in Atcha, they did it with a back three, so they could play an extra yeah. man in midfield. And I think obviously like Ndidi would come back in probably for Chowdhury, and then you'd be able to play uh, an extra body in there and sort of give a bit yeah. more protection. 
Uh, but obviously, they can't do that because both the centre-backs are injured at the moment. So, you know, they're finding it tough of injuries. But, you know, Leicester City won a title where they didn't have a single player injured over the whole season. But we're for the first eleven every week. So, I struggle to have sympathy on that part. I also struggle to have sympathy with a club that have supposedly displaced Arsenal or Spurs in the top six. Ah, uh, yeah. Having a really poor what start to the season. I don't know. I, I honestly don't have much sympathy for it because... You know, I've seen it after we had half the bloody squad missing against Brentford and we were ridiculed. So I don't have as much sympathy for Leicester. I think injuries are part of the game. And what you're sort of seeing is they signed Vestergaard in the summer and he's not good enough. Like he's come in and he's been really poor. Like that's on their recruitment, unfortunately. And, and to be honest with you, Johnny Evans, at the age he is, you should be starting to move on from him. I know they're doing that with Fafana, but Sionchi's been really poor this season as well. So... I think it's more than just injuries. I think there are a lot of players not up to standard at the moment for them. And, you know, is it time for Brendan to go? Uh, oh, nah, that's... that's, that's, that is that's hard. Uh, <laughs> you know, he knows he's joking. He's laughing there. You know what? I think Lesser would really be... It would be really good in a 4-4-2 diamond. Like if, if indeed he's back fit, he would be the anchor man. I think Harvey Barnes would be a really good, like, number eight kind of... If we're talking football manager assumes, let's say Matsala. Um, like kind of, uh, kind of a winger, no, but also no, kind of midfield. No. Uh, I think he has the attributes for it. Um, I, I or, think like Barnes, kind of I a, think Barnes is more of a striker. I think you want him as close yeah, to the goal he as, as possible. Shoot off both feet. Yeah, yeah. that's a great finisher as well. Yeah, he could be this yeah. like kind of a second striker next to Yanacho or Vardy. I, I um, with Leicester, is we've got to. Like, I think we we've got to manage expectations. Why? And this is no, but this is gonna. This is gonna I I agree. I think you're being incredibly harsh on them. No, no, but it's not even. But it's, I'm not because I'm literally basing it off what the pundits say and what their fans know this, say. They win an say, FA Cup last this is season. I'm gonna say, Harry, this is gonna piss off a lot of Leicester fans. But you're not a big club yet, and uh, you know you, you've been challenging with the big boys. You've been doing really well. You've been really effective with your recruitment. You got it wrong this season. Bringing in Ryan Bertrand, he's not up to standard. Nice Bringing rubbish, Bertrand, well. not up to standard. Right, he... all the... sorry, Ryan Bertrand would have been a backup and like a stopgap. It's a good sign. Hey, but for he's going to play games for them. They they knew that. Um, who's the young left back? They knew he Luke was Thomas. Injured. They knew he was injured. Who's they had someone else who got injured last oh, year? Uh, James Justin. Justin. So they knew Bertrand was going to get games, right? That's squad management. They knew he would play. And he's 31, like Arsenal were in for him. And I was thinking, that is an Arsenal signing. Do not sign him. That's Cedric. Right? That's Cedric. Yeah, Copy that too. is Cedric. It's Cedric at left back. Literally, like, <laughs> being phased out by Southampton. So I, yeah. I just, that's poor recruit. George is absolutely right. That's a ridiculous signing. I don't, I don't, you think, I don't think Ryan Bertrand on a free is like I can't imagine he's on massive wages. It's not about the wages. It's not. It's, yeah, it's, it is not though. It's not. It's yeah, not. Yeah, I suppose it's free. No, but even then, fair ball, you 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 give it to a kid, don't you? I, I'd rather. I, That's their the, business what, model. Is it third That's or fourth choice, choice left back. I, you give it to a you give it to a kid. You've got a kid who's bet who's just as good as Ryan Bertrand. Absolutely, like that. I have no doubt about that. That you, and, and it's not like the, the squad lack um, sort of the, the veterans either. They've got Jamie Vardy, they've got Schmeichel, they've got Evans, they've got players. They don't need to bring in, like, so, some teams you would, like, argue, oh, you know, they, they need leadership. Yeah. 
That's why Ryan Bertram was the criticism was always, you know, we, we don't have the kind of veterans leaders that we've had in the past. Leicester have that. Leicester still have Vardy. Leicester still have Schmeichel. You know, indeed, he doesn't seem to be to me a particularly loud person. I know he's not on the pitch, but but the, that kind of club atmosphere um, of hard-working players who and who are going to sort of put people in line. They've got that. They don't need to add that. What they need to add is look, look, Daka, Daka. You know, could could come good, but play, yeah, players like that. They need to keep up with their previous. Um, uh, level of recruitment and, and same philosophy. It's working for Brentford. It was working for Leicester. Why? My change? thoughts. My thoughts are left out. Is probably they're back in the likes of Justin and Thomas, and they don't want to bring in another young left back that's going to cost more than Bertrand, who's going to then be be in, in their way. That would be my thing. Like that's why mm. I think Bertrand. Like sure, he's not up to the the standard of Leicester. But he's going to be a squad player, and he's just going to fill a stopgap. Now they're really—I think—they're really lucky. The fact that the rest of the team is is, is like gone injured on a lot of key players. But they, I, I, I think, I like I, I, I get that they're not a big club, and the way, but the way they were talked about is that they're replacing Arsenal, and that, that, that's that's because they had. No, but they, in but that position, not not in, the, in not they hadn't replaced them over like that. Leicester or now our bigger no. club as Tottenham and Arsenal, but they no. had replaced no. them in that fifth no. spot. They literally had in the table. Well, yeah, this is what okay, I mean. Okay. But, but it's, two, it's, it's two seasons, right? Like it's so premature. Also, wasn't wasn't Arsenal like four points off the Champions League last season? Yeah, if you actually like, look at it last season, right? They, they didn't finish no... much ahead of us points wise. Like they'll have finished fifth and we'll have finished eighth, or whatever. But we were fifteenth for Christmas and they finished four points above us. I mean, it's nothing to shout about. Certainly, like it's not like they're miles ahead. An FA okay. Cup win is something to share. We, we won an FA Cup. No, <laughs> oh, but they won it last season. Okay, fine. But Can you tell, Leicester? What's the future for Leicester? The future for Leicester is, is the same as the future for Everton and West Ham. It's 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th. It's the same future as Arsenal. It's the same future as Arsenal and Tottenham. They're at the moment. replacing the 5th and 6th, which hell. is really good. This is the Premier League. The top ten teams are really good in the Premier League, but the way that football is, and you'll get a few anomalies, but the way the football is, where the investment is, you will have a sustained top six teams for a very long time. They won't get displaced without takeovers. Can I just say on top six talk, the top six are merely a classification of the six teams that wanted to get into the Super There's League. There's no top six this season. Yes, it's a there top is a top four. six because. There's they, a top you know why there was a top six, though? You know why there was a top six? As soon as Man United and Liverpool started having a few crap seasons, Sky Sports <laughs> turned it into the top six. Yep, that's... on them both in there. Yeah. That, that's what that trace is back to. It's nothing to do with Arsenal and Spurs. That's when Arsenal and Spurs were doing well. So, yeah. um, I, I, I want to move on from this because, you know, I, I'm, I'm going around the house. There's a podcast. I didn't realise there could have been. There's a podcast in, in, in that subject alone. There's, there's a podcast, <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, quite literally, the origins of the top six. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and also, just before you move on from Lester, we need a Lester fan <laughs> on the podcast. We do. We do. If, so if you know, if you, the listener, know a Lester fan, or are you, you are yourself a Lester fan, please let us know. Um, just send us a DM at Jaff underscore pod on Twitter and uh, let us know. Uh, we'd love to have you on the pod. Thank you. 
We would. And it would make for more interesting discussion with me, certainly, because maybe I'm misrepresenting them. You know, you read a lot of rubbish on Twitter. Arsenal fans are certainly guilty of it. So, yeah. Anyway, I want to tell you boys quickly about my little trip to the seaside this weekend. The seaside. Uh, the horrid the seaside, weather yeah. te- on, on oh, seaside. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I reckon it genuinely rained for about 11 hours straight. Brother. Uh, it, it was miserable. And after we got into the ground, Brighton's a, you know, it's a pretty decent ground for club of their size it's pretty pretty modern (laughs) and there's a roof and you're thinking great this is bloody fantastic we get in there we're second row it's all right we're covered by the roof and then the wind switches and the rain's blowing into our face it was oh no i was terrible got absolutely drowned and it was it was a pretty awful game if i'm honest um brighton were pretty good I, i was sort of expecting them to be pretty good because they've been pretty good this season they were pretty good last season uh just didn't put the ball in the net and they're a pretty well coached team, and you know ultimately it was a good point in the end because we certainly didn't deserve more than a point based based on that game. Um, There's a bit of history there, isn't there, Brighton Arsenal? It's a weird one. There, there is, there yeah. is, and there isn't. You know, like it seems to be yeah. Brighton's thing. Weird, weird I think it's certainly more on their side than it is ours because you know last season we quietly did the double over them and nothing was really made of it. So it was so you know going into the game, I saw something on Sky Sports. It was like. Arsenal's uh, bogey team brought us we did the double over them last season like you know they gave us trouble the previous season sure with bloody Mopay and all that rubbish but I just think it's uh, yeah it, it's sort of not all it's uh, sort of cracked up to be with that but they're a good it's team a bit artificial. I also think that no Arsenal fan really cares about Gwendozy that much no I hated him I wanted him gone <laughs> before that be like defending him for the no no one was defending him. He's, yeah, exactly. he's so ponies in the France squad. Isn't it? Yeah, well, he's not been great for Marseille. Have you not seen the quotes on him? Talking about how he's, have... he, he's always blaming his teammates and he has a terrible attitude. Some things, some things don't change, mate. And he's he in the France probably, squad. That's probably why he's perfect for the France squad. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, beat me to it. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're, right they're craving a good argument in the, in the French camp. Harry, I want one comment on Aaron Ramsdale. He did drop one, which I, which was a bit dodgy, <laughs> and then got absolutely clattered by Duffy. But to be fair, on Lord. a day like that, if, if there's a, that that day uh, when you get those sort of weather conditions where it's really windy and really like wet, just has goalkeeper Howler written all over it. So it, you know he got away with one there. He obviously saved the goal at the end, where you know Mope of all people would have had a bloody tap in. Um, and and probably the best uh, thing of the evening is Ramsdale's interview on Sky Sports afterwards. I think a lot of Arsenal fans have really enjoyed the way he's kind of represented himself since he's come to the club. And I love the man, but you know he, he's got a lot to learn as a goalkeeper. I think we, we're sort of all aware of that. But yeah, he's doing really well so far, and uh, yeah, really like him. But all right, another clean sheet. Another. He's not been too he's, bad. He's he's started well. To be fair, I questioned the signing as we all know, and but yes. Good signing. Good signing. Good signing. Proving our wrong. Oh, just just a uh, one week quick point. Um, if I had done a, a a survey with twenty uh, agents. Oh, in the this, I read this about Ben White being the worst signing. Ben White being, being the worst first. signing. Yeah. Mm. It was not. But some of those quotes were just complete nonsense. Like uh, you know, you're asking me what I think of football agents. I, I take what they say with a pinch of yeah. salt. Anyway, they're absolute scum of the earth. I, c- yeah. I couldn't give a monkey. But I, I, I think the. But I just think the fact that they thought the deal was overpriced. I think they, they would. I, 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 I think, I think their, their assessment of, of financial deal is a fair thing to ask them. 
It was overpriced, Ben White. Yeah. Without a doubt. But I don't think it was the worst deal in the summer in terms of the actual player we're getting. It might have been overpriced, no, but he's been good so far. Like he should be in the England squad on a separate note. I don't know why he's not in that. I but... think the worst deal more yeah, he's in terms of the player is definitely. Yeah, sold. he's better than Connor Cody. Um That's yeah, true. like you know, not uh I understand what you're sort of saying, but uh yeah. He's been solid anyway. But moving on, um we should talk about Chelsea because they're top of the table. Uh, another win at the weekend over Southampton have been a tricky side so far. To be fair, you think they went? They went to Man City and got a nil-nil. Uh, I didn't actually think they were, it was that tricky. But on, on paper, they've proved to be difficult yeah. for a couple of teams yeah. that you're obviously rivaling with. I didn't uh, see I, the game obviously because I was travelling. Yeah. But... I thought I thought Chelsea Chelsea were unlucky to for it take Tino Livermento coming back to bite Chelsea though. Hudson Odoi gave him a, a torrid time. Lovely wee nutmeg, if anybody saw that. Um, but nice. uh, by Hudson Odoi. But um, I thought Chelsea were very comfortable, and, and like, uh, and then the goal, the goal kind of came out of nowhere. Poor, very poor chance by Chiba. He no need to dive in. He could have showed yeah. him to the line, um, and um, and and then it made it difficult for us. But if 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 that moment doesn't happen, it's a very comfortable day. Um, but then Barkley of all people comes out with an unbelievable pass. La um, remontada. And, uh, yeah, and T- Timo scores. Uh, Timo had a goal ruled out. Yeah, what did you He's make had... of that? It was a ludicrous decision. I thought it was. It was. It was mad how far back it went. That's I did what I feel. It, yeah, I did feel it was kind of. I get the point though. I don't even know if it was a foul though. That's I thought it was. I don't, yeah, mind it. I, I, I don't. I don't mind. think it was enough of a foul to to be clear and obvious. G- given given yeah. they have the let it flow shit that's going on this year, like like um, had, it, had it been, uh, yeah, had it been in the same phase, like uh, as literally like the one, it, yeah, like I wins it and puts the crossing. It. Yeah, I completely understand that. And to be honest, like uh, had it, but it didn't. It, it didn't really impact that that. The fate, like the phase before that, anyway, either like there was no, there was no impact on the, on the play uh, whatsoever, yeah. and it and it's like a fifty fifty whether it, it's really like a clear and obvious foul. So uh, I think it's the wrong. I, 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 I that's what the more issue I had with it. It wasn't it was not clear and obvious, especially with the fact there's there are fouls like that being let go this year, um and and yeah and and but. Timo Werner had his 16th goal for Chelsea ruled out. Incredible, Which, isn't it? Incredible. Yes. Imagine if that. Imagine <laughs> if he hadn't scored later on. His confidence. Like, he he must have been yeah. at, at an all-time low. And I, I I I didn't get to watch the game. I did get to listen to it, and then I I watched most of it back. Um, I tell you what, and I said this last week, and I'm going to say it again. Mate, it it it, it just proves how how. Vital Mason Mount is oh, when he came on, he was absolutely <laughs> fantastic. He was great. I don't know how Lukaku didn't put that. that he, he was um, absolutely fantastic, and and it's it's. I can't like. I'm not. I'm not saying this because like I know Mason Mount has a lot of flaws going forward. Like he 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 really does. But he doesn't have that. No, no, don't ham it up. He has a couple of flaws. He had a few bad games. No, yeah. there's no no. Yeah. You're just you're on board because he has all these bad no, games for England. Okay, and somehow still one. keeps getting his, picked. His his mentality, in terms of, he got benched for two games, and then he's he didn't and then he's cut. No, he got he got benched for one game. Sorry, well, well, I think he got subbed off for Kante. 
yeah. Half-time. Um, not a good look always. He, he, yeah. He's one of those players that you know he's, he's just he's never going to complain. He's never going to moan. He could probably miss three games in a row and he'll come back and he'll, he'll, he'll put at least the work rate in. Um, and he's he is a good player. Let's be honest, he's a good player. And he, well, he created he created a big chance well. as soon as he came on. And yeah. um, the I thought the interesting point about the squad was the fact that Rubenoff, Seek, and Barkley are, are are now back in the fray. Saul yeah, really Saul just seems like. I, I said it last week, but I don't know what he's going to do. Um, and but I think I think Loftus Cheek is definitely ahead of him. And the fact that Barkley's come on and done that, I think he might be ahead of him. And um, it's it's, <laughs> I mean, I think Marina, the, the Granite Sky of the like director of football, is loving Tuchel at the moment because he's he's got he's going to get Kepa's value up. He's gotten <laughs> Barkley and Loftus Cheek's value up. They're definitely going to be able to settle these players at some point if, if it says like this. Yeah, it's it's another good result for Chelsea though, and uh, well, they've had some difficult fixtures early, and obviously they're heading the table. So a good a good run now. I was, was going to um, say, yeah, you've got some good fixtures coming up. Uh, right, that really worries me more, to be honest. Uh, good fixtures. Yeah, and it's sort of it's a separate debate to sort of be had at a later time, sort of how you handle those sort of games. But on paper, it's looking good. Unlike for Burnley and Norwich, who played at a drab, turgid, dire nil-nil score. <laughs> That's the best way to put it, honestly. In, in fairness, I don't, and none of us have actually watched this, but I, I would put my house on it. That's a perfect description. But, but that's 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 the beauty of football. Like, like I, I think I think that kind of that kind of turgid play should be celebrated in the Premier League more more often. Um, because it's not when it's, it's a nil-nil draw and you both yeah, it's relegation. It's I doubt they fancy it that way. Right. Um, <sighs> Burnley, I, I know. I, I think Ali will, will somewhat disagree, but I think Burnley are safe this year because they've impressed me in a number of games. Norwich, what games have they impressed you? It's. I don't think we need to mention Norwich, do we? Do we? Do we oh, do, Norwich. It's like it's participating. No, Norwich. No, but Norwich. They actually, yeah, they, they're, they're they're gone. Like, are they, Norwich will go down because they can't defend. Although they can't attack either. They're not even. They're not. They're literally doing nothing. Like they're not. I, I really like Park as a person, but come on, mate. To be fair, <laughs> if, they, if they win, they could. Well, they can't come out of the relegation. They can go joint points with Southampton that, that out of the relegation, but they got a minus fourteen goal difference. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't see much from Burnley either. Though. I'd, I'd like to know which games they've played well in. I mean, they would. They would probably decent at Leicester I mean they're good against Liverpool at spells the um unlucky against Leeds um they but Burnley I like look, I, I think they're good enough to stay in the Premier League um and I think they just need to um they just need to get the the results now but I think I think it will come I'm not I'm not worried about it I think there's worse teams than than them in the likes of perhaps um uh, uh, Watford and um, uh, and and Newcastle at the moment as well. Yeah. So I yeah. I I thought Newcastle would be fine this year, but the fact that Wilson's out um, injured, I, I I did caveat it whenever I said it. I think it would be fine as long as Wilson's injured. I'm getting fit I... either though. He keeps getting injured. Like he yeah. he's very good for them when he's fit and firing, but he's just not fit nearly often enough, and it's yeah. really really costing them. Um. 
on Watford quickly, just because you mentioned them, what do you make of them sacking the manager this early then? Brother, smart. Uh, it's it's uh, smart. Yeah, of course. Um, I think it is. I genuinely think it is. No, no, come on, now. It's, no, it, they're for fourteen. What, for Watford, it works all the time. Like they, no, they, they, when did it work? The last time, the last time they they did it, they got relegated. Not, so Ali, so the counter to that is the, the, the counter to why it didn't work though. Would you not? say that it's less about who they sacked it's more about who they appointed certainly when they got nuno what's his face back in uh sancho flores mm -hmm. and they sacked him after like eight games that was a disaster that was and then they got pearson and then ugh, look, pearson again, and then didn't stick with him when he seemed to be doing okay so then it's more about the appointing the him then isn't it it's less about yeah. who they sacked before I, I i sort of tend to look at it they've clearly looked at it over a longer period of of just than just the game on Saturday. You don't sack someone for one performance, though it was a pretty poor one, right? So yeah. they clearly looked at it. They weren't very good against Newcastle. They probably should have lost. They get a one-all draw. Uh, and then sort of some of the other games previously, I, I, I don't know them, but they've obviously looked at them and thought, this is a bit concerning. We're free of relegation at the moment. This is where we want to stay. I don't agree with it, like I, but I, I also don't support Watford. So I wouldn't like my club to be run like this, but... They have like over the course of this run like that, mate. <laughs> not not to the same extent. Not to the same. But yeah, I, I they don't. don't they don't. I don't like it whenever. I, I don't like no, it that way. What for? They're just a poor man's Chelsea, mate. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, but like, but you know, you do know what I mean. Like, like, Chelsea, no, like it's not like, as it, it's, it's not extreme. as cutthroat. Yeah, Chelsea have had three managers in a season. Like that is just well, apart from injury, like that is yeah. absurd, obviously. I, um, I you go for? disagree on that, that it's smart to sack. Like, you don't sack a manager based on... If it's, like, Crystal Palace not scoring a goal inside seven games with... Uh, uh, was it Ronald or Frank de Boer? Frank de Boer as manager, that's sackable. Fine. But come on, man. Like, you're 14th. There's no need to panic at all. At all. And who knows when... The, the thing with Watford, it, it is a lot about who they bring in because a lot of the time when they, they, the manager that they bring in is completely different from whoever is there. And it's reached yeah. a point where, honestly, I would be baffled if anyone in the world agrees to be a Watford manager from the amount of seconds. Ranieri. Ranieri. I don't, I, Why I don't would you go? Like, I, me, personally, if I got a, a, a chance to manage at Watford, I mean, maybe I could take it, but I... Probably would think about it twice. You're taking it. You're taking it, Ali. Come on. Uh, yeah, I probably would. I probably would. Yeah, that was a, that it's was a bit strong. But responsible uh, as well. a a manager that like is done it in the professional level. Why would he put another sacking in his resume? Because he knows he's going to be sacked at some point. It, it, well, you say that right. It's worth mentioning Watford's upcoming fixtures. Just to read some of these out. They got Liverpool straight off the international break. Then they go to Everton. Mm -hmm. Then they got Southampton, which is obviously a big game. Then they go to Arsenal. Then they've got Man United. Then they've got Leicester. Then they got cool. Chelsea. Those those fixtures. The new manager. There's a very good chance they don't make it to the end of those fixtures. Exactly. I, I, you know what I thought you, was, you were going to say? It's uh, I thought you were going to say a new manager bounce. So you can get some points off that from the you know, renewed atmosphere, or whatever. Uh, which obviously it's not going to happen. Uh, like. I would be I would be very surprised if they had a decent run of results now. But that was a perfect chance to stay until at least after the tenth game week, where yeah. you know your place now. Thir a third of a quarter of the way into the season. But seven games is just confusing.
Do you think they think they're going to get some sort of like new manager bounce? So they've clearly looked at um, the, the current man or previous manager and gone, he's on the decline. The performances aren't good. And when we come up against better opposition, the results could take a hit. And so they sort of want to strike while the iron's hot, get someone in over the international break and give them a chance. That's... It's the only reason right. I can think of. I think, I think, I think that's spot on. Um, like I, I, in fairness, I'm saying it's smart. I, I think it's smart for Watford because it, it's proven for them. It's been uh, since the their owners t- it took over. They've been, which was in 2012, 2013. They've been in the Premier League. Uh, this will be their seventh year in the Premier League. For mm. for a club like Watford, I think that's smart. And this is the this is the way they have been running for all of that time, going through managers, and getting this new manager bounce. So they seem to have a system and a structure within the club that they can that it's not dependent on a manager, because uh, um, the the managers don't do the signings either, as far as I'm aware. So that and they always get like a a pragmatist manager in, um, that that there's not actually too much change within within the club. It's just the coach gets sacked. So I I think I think that's why it's 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 a smart. Uh, way way for them to run it, but because it actually doesn't affect the club an awful lot when the a head coach goes. Yeah, yeah. I, look, it worked. It, well, as you said, they've kind of had some success doing it, and 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 I sort of, as I said, I want to kind of prove this all with. I'm not a Watford fan, so it's easy for me to sit here and like slag it yeah. off and not yeah, agree with it because ultimately I have no vested interest in how they do. Some people might feel that, you know, the way it was trending, a change had to be made. And and that's kind of why the club have acted. Um, there's a couple of things I want to get through before we finish. First mm-hmm. is tabs on Tammy, Fogel. Any updates for us? Yeah, he scored midweek in the Europa Conference Love against it. a Ukraine team that um, I can't pronounce the name of. Um <laughs> uh, And um, it was a good week goal. And then today, his site... Um, Tammy's Roma uh, won against um, Empoli and he had a shot hit, hit off the bar that then led to a goal. So Tammy again, the, the, doing brilliantly. Carrying Roma. Thing, on Carrying. him, and I, I said this at the time, I wish Arsenal had signed him because I feel like he we need someone great. who's kind yep. of a, a mix of Aubameyang and Lacazette, does a bit of the hold-up, but also has a bit of movement. And I think he would, and I'm not just reacting based off what he's done at Roma. I think he would have been such a good pickup for us, and I'm I'm actually gutted we didn't. I think you, I think he might have moved as well. Like, yeah, it sounds like To be able, like to, to be able to stay Arsenal in London, fan. and I think he was an Arsenal fan as a kid. There you go. I, I think he was. Yeah. Um, couple of things before we finish as well. Uh, some big losses this weekend. Some of the, some of the European. Well, I suppose you can't really call Barcelona this anymore, but European. Yep. Uh, heavyweights, Christ! I mean, I watched PSG earlier. They were shocking. dreadful. Oh, they're so bad. It should be said, Ali. This has been coming. They've been awful all season, and they've been getting away with it. With some of their performances haven't been very good, and I and I think they've been really lucky to pick up. L- lucky up enough there. midweek as it's, well with yeah. Man City, and, and, and like, relying on the brilliance of Messi and um and a bit of a scrappy goal as well. It, it is brings them a problem though, Messi, like because. He's brilliant, obviously, but off the ball, he's a liability. And there was sort of an article on how Man City were just exploiting the space in behind him time and time yeah. and time again. And I suppose kind of this is the issue when you put a team together with all these kind of superstars on pitch is 
they're maybe not going to do the other side of the game, and it kind of leaves you a bit top heavy and unbalanced. And that's what I see with them at the moment. You, because and, and you have a front three, don't press. Yeah, and as we've talked about with, this, with earlier with the systems like Trump and individual talent, it's like it it, it becomes unbalanced if everyone's not pulling their weight. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it has gone more and more the way of like there's. N- it used to be maybe two players in your team could not do the running. And then it became one player. And now the yeah. top teams, I don't know if anybody can get away with it uh, not doing the, the running. In today's um, football, I don't think you can. And I think that's actually, uh, that, that's something, just to bring it back to Man United and Cristiano Ronaldo, it's probably one of the reasons why they struggle a little bit defensively. It's because Cristiano Ronaldo is in the first percentile in the number of pressures per game. He doesn't press. He just doesn't participate defensively. And you're gonna in, need to explain that. Game. Sorry. You, you mean, you mean, first percentile is in. He is the worst. He's among the worst pressers. He he doesn't he doesn't get involved he's in the bottom at all. 1%. Bottom one percent. Um, it, Messi's in the bottom seven percent. So a little bit better. But in today's game, <laughs> you you need to have a, a defensive structure of eleven players. I think that's a little bit obvious. Um, and I, I think the best players in the world are going to be the... ones that that are involved defensively from from this point onward, from like the post Messi Ronaldo era. Um, but yeah, there's it's typical with PSG signing a bunch of players that just don't fit, and it, it, it's a, a the big old cliche of it's a eleven good players is not exactly a team. Well, I mean, yeah, said at the start they're not going to win the Champions League. They probably won't. Uh, I can't, I can't wait the... to see the, the Messi stands put out the, the tweet about, you know, like, Messi's in the seventh percentile of, <laughs> of pressure. <laughs> and Ronaldo's right? Ronaldo's in the Ronaldo's first percentile. <laughs> Messi works harder. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. yeah. Um, just a word on Barca before we finish, just sort of make us all feel better about our own clubs. I just love the fact that uh, Luis Suarez scored and assisted in that game. A two one, um, two uh, and he, two and nil win for celebration as well. Yeah, he was giving it to him, wasn't he? But yeah. There's rumours they're getting Xavi in next week. I was reading earlier. Uh, that would be that would be a good. I mean, I don't think that uh, there's going to be years of Barcelona kind of in the dark uh, because yeah. that. The, this is not a quick turnaround. Barcelona will probably be in the Europa League for a couple of years. Uh, maybe in the maybe gonna get fourth place or we're gonna get in the Europa League. I think uh, what was the stats website that uh, does like win probabilities and things like that? It's, uh, oh yeah, like three numbers um, five three eight or something. Yeah, five thirty eight. Uh, five thirty eight. Yeah. They have Barcelona's favorites to win the Europa League. The Europa League. I did. See Which I found that I found that funny, but also telling and interesting. Well, they're all done to go out their group now. Now they got because they got thumped. Oh, of course they're, they're going to go out there. So I don't think that's yeah. much of a question. Um, but yeah, yeah Barcelona is a two nil. They they weren't great at all as well. Um, they they obviously lack morale. First of all, Coman lacks tactical i don't know not he's, he's just rubbish. bad he's rubbish. and th- there is there's a good there's not a good relationship between coleman and the ward it said so no no i mean they would sack him if the money was there like if they, they would sack board, him. They it would cost him 12 million to sack him guillaume balga was yeah. saying on five live the other day so it's obviously put, put him on gardening leave wouldn't it <laughs> gardening leave yes yeah, that's what it's a... called yeah Oh, okay. All right. I didn't know when, that, whenever you don't sack them and just let them be on their contract. Mm. The thing is, if they do that, the Netherlands will probably come and get them. Then they'd have the Netherlands would have to pay the the the, the difference, or whatever. Yeah, I think yeah. I think Ronald Coleman made a 
mistake in the first place to go for the Barcelona job in the middle of a project for the Netherlands. Yeah, he, he is. He could have been onto something great. The one thing yeah. about Xavi, it's interesting. I, I haven't been really keeping up there with who's who's getting the job. The only thing I, I remember hearing about Xavi is that he wasn't really interested in taking the Barcelona job whenever I think it was Setien came in because he was like, it's too much of a mess. So the fact, like, not much has changed. Or, uh, sorry, things have gotten even worse. Nothing's changed for the positive. Um, and they've they've lost their best player, so it'd be interesting if he told does take the job now. What what was the difference? And it's like you, like he 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 can definitely still wait for the next manager to come along, and maybe the next one after that until he takes the job. Um, it's it's a strange one. If I were him, I'd be looking for a a, a job in between that in in Europe to to get ready for it. Mm. Who who out of Real Madrid or Barca? Because Real Madrid lost a bloody sheriff in midweek. Yeah, that was amazing. week out of those two. I mean, Real Madrid, right? Real Madrid, yeah, Real Madrid. I think Real Madrid. so too. <laughs> Real Madrid losing to Espanyol, newly promoted Espanyol two one today, uh, and obviously the sheriff at home, first time participant in the Champions League in a country that barely plays football anyway. Uh, yeah, quite shocking, uh, but lovely as well. Anyone, anyone that listens to the podcast knows my feeling about Real Madrid. Um, I don't like them. It's going to be a real kicker for you whenever they sign Salah, isn't it? Uh, it, it would be a real kicker. I'd, I might die. Um, yeah. yeah, but Real Madrid is at the top of the table with Atletico Madrid and Real Sociedad. Like it's, uh, it's they're all on right. seventeen points from eight games, so it's still a long way to go. But it's uh, quite a shocking defeat. Their first defeat, so you know you're not gonna, they're not gonna go invincible, are they? So maybe it's just another defeat, but who knows? After losing and, midweek uh, to Sheriff, I would be concerned. Well, another team that's not going invincible is uh, Bayern Munich because I saw they lost to Frankfurt, who have been diabolical this season. I was really surprised to see that first win for Frankfurt, and it's yeah. uh, it's a way to Bayern. Yeah, uh, having not watched the game, obviously. Um, because of work duties. Um, but, yeah, it's just a surprise. Frankfurt had drawn five and lost one. They're currently 13th. They're just four points off the relegation. So it's actually a massive win for them in that regard. It's keeping the relegation I, I, battle. I always feel like it, with with Bayern, it is, it is always a shit team that beats them. Yeah. Like, because I, feel, I feel like... The Bundesliga like, has, like, four good teams, and then the rest are, you know. Well, no, but outsiders. I always feel like they'll beat everybody, and then they will just randomly lose the bottom of the table. And, and yeah. Like, it's... But it's, it's no big deal. Like, the, <laughs> it won't <laughs> really... That's I, the thing, isn't it? I, I said it um, after Man City beat Spurs. Like, it's pretty inconsequential. Like, it, it you know, it's a slip-up, but it doesn't really matter, like, for them. They'll, they'll also, finish yeah, yeah. them, and... It's, it's sort of, yeah, I mean, they'll win the league at a canter and, you know, their season hinges on what they do in Europe, really, doesn't it? I mean... Yeah, every year. Although, to be fair, Leverkusen started the season. Well, maybe they can uh, give, yeah. them, give them a decent run for their money. They, uh, they Leverkusen, look good young talent. They're uh, joint top, Leverkusen. Yeah, 5-1-1. It's been pretty good. Um, we'll leave it there for today, guys. Um, international break coming up. We might, just to throw a little spoiler out there, have a little bit of Irish content coming up for you guys. If you want to hear Fergal uh, discuss the trials and tribulations of the Irish team and their uh, misfortunes uh, so far. Um, and before we go, let's just quickly go through last week's, well, this week's fantasy scores. How, how did we all get on, Fergal? So, it was it was a low-scoring week. Nobody picked any uh, uh, great scores. 
Um, mm. I'm propping up the table with Chris Wood. Uh, he got a yellow card, so I ended up with one point. Um, George uh, got one better than me. No yellow card for Antonio, so he's got two. Uh, and then yourself, Harry, you got three with Saka as he got uh, Arsenal got the clean sheet. Yeah. And then all the way at the top of the table with a massive five points is uh, Ali with Tarkowski. Yes. I think that was a smart move. Going with a Burnley clean sheet against Norwich. It's, yeah, I probably shouldn't have went for Wood. I'll probably but pick I the thought, player I thought, that I thought plays he would Norwich. Score. I thought he'd score. Made the mistake yeah. of backing Arsenal. But uh, yeah, we'll be back with this, guys, uh, in the podcast before uh, the next Premier League game. We'll, uh, we'll give you our tips for the weekend. So... Uh, Stay tuned. Not the best start for us, but uh, onwards and upwards, eh? Onwards and upwards.